Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. You know, sometimes when we think about self-control, that's the image we have, isn't it? Some of us more than others. I I know I stepped on the scale this morning and go, boy, do I need to practice this a little bit more self-control. But is that what self-control really is when we talk about it as part of the fruit of the Spirit? Is self-control us saying that we need to really watch what we do and make sure that we are, are fully on guard? Or is there something else that is, that, that is connected with that? Our, our, our summer series, we, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, looking at some of the fun little movies and stuff that we've seen. You know, we talked about you know, Bambi and, and being truthful and, and having that, that kindness and, and, and goodness a part of you. Last week we, we talked about, you know, we had a little clip from Finding Nemo and talking about uh, a patience and, and how being patient is, is not really just trying, again, to make sure you have everything you need, but, but really following and listening to what God is calling us to do. Today we're talking about self-control, but as, as a reminder, I want to invite you to join with me and read through the fruit of the Spirit again from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 24. We'll have the words printed on the screen. Would you please join me? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and desires. Those fruit of the Spirit are so important to who we are and how we grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. But we have to remember, the fruit of the Spirit are, are, are not just these little tasks that we try to do, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is a gift from God. Remember that. It is a gift from God, and, and it makes it, that's why it makes the, the whole thing about self-control so hard. It, it makes it hard because when we think about self-control, who's in charge of that? Who, who, is, who really makes our self-control happen? We do, right? I'm the one that can control how I live my life, what I do, and how I move forward in life. But what if we looked at self-control a little differently? What if it was something that was given to us from God and not something that we can earn on our own? A few years ago, there was a, uh, I, think it was, I think it started out as a TikTok challenge, but it, it bled over to uh, Facebook. And, and I became aware of it because at that time, our youth director, Lindsay, uh, her little son, Miles, was, was an itty-bitty toddler and everything. And, and he was, uh, there was a challenge about, called the Toddler Challenge on, on TikTok. 
And, and the whole idea of the toddler challenge is that you, you put something that the toddler really, really likes in front of them. And of course, you're filming this the entire time. And then you leave the room and you see if the toddler can have, what, self-control and not take the items out of the bowl. Well, Tracy and I, we decided to have a little bit of fun with that ourselves. And, and I actually saw it a couple of, uh, I saw it last night, I was looking for it. I almost played it, but I was like, no, nah, I don't want to play that. But we, we did the same thing where we kind of played out the toddler challenge. Tracy put something in front of me and I ate some before it was time. It just showed that it's really hard to have self-control when we are relying on ourselves. Self-control is really difficult. Theologian Tim Keller, he has his definition of self-control, and it's this right here. It says, self-control is the ability to pursue the important over the urgent, rather than to be always impulsive or uncontrolled. Go ahead and hold that up there real quick, Ryla, just a little bit. Let's take a look at that. The, the ability to pursue the important over the urgent, rather to be always impulsive or uncontrolled. Sometimes we try to look at self-control and, and see what's happening, what's going on around us, and, and we are so quick to make a decision. We, we, we try to snap to do that because we let the urgent really kind of guide us day by day instead of thinking of what is important. And as followers of Jesus Christ, I think we have to really identify what exactly is important. What is it that we hold on to and what is it that should be driving us day by day instead of everything that is blowing in the wind around us? Paul, in the book of Romans, he made a comment about self-control. Maybe you're familiar with this passage. He says that, why is it that I, that I do the things that I should know that I shouldn't do and why I don't do the things that I know that I should be doing? See, Paul is sitting there looking at that and he's discussing and, and, and talking about what he knows is important, but what is not urgent. What, what he knows are the things that he should be doing and he should be following but sometimes he gets distracted and he goes off on his own little things and do these things that know that they're not beneficial to him and his life. We're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament, to Exodus today for our scripture. And it's a story of the Israelites and their trek through the wilderness. So I want you to take a look and listen how Moses, or, or the, the author of Exodus, how he talks about what is going on with the Israelites and how they practice or don't practice self-control. Our scripture is from Exodus chapter 16, verses 14 through 30. I invite you to follow along with your Bibles if you have them, but we'll also have the words on the screen as well. Hear the word of the Lord. When the dew was gone, the flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. 
take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is going to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded. And it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you continue The Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. And so the people rested on the seventh day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if you're familiar with, with the whole story of the Israelites, you remember that they were slaves in Egypt for about 400 years. They, they, they worked. Everything was fine at the beginning whenever Joseph was around, but then, as it says at the very beginning of Exodus, Pharaoh forgot who Joseph was. And, and he saw all of these Israelites around. He was like, you know what? They're, they're, they're a nuisance. They're, they're growing in number, and, and pretty soon they're just going to take over Egypt, and we just can't have that happen. So, so we're going to make them our slaves, and we're going to have them do what we want them to do. So that 400-year passes, and, and the cry and the groan of the Israelites reach up to God, and, and God sends the delivery by the name of Moses. And Moses goes and talks to Pharaoh, and, and all of the plagues happen, and all of the things. And, Mo, and Pharaoh finally says, fine, go, get out of here. But Pharaoh had a change of heart and chased Moses and the Israelites and came up to the Red Sea, and there God delivered them through the waters of the Red Sea. And that started to send the Israelites on their journey to the Promised Land. But it wasn't an easy trip. 
it's not an easy trip to go from where you had, even though you were slaves in, in Egypt, to have all of the things that you need very, very handy to become a nomadic people and, and start wandering around in, in the desert just wondering what a big pot, a pillar of, of cloud and pillar of fire was going to be leading you the next day. So they started to grumble. They started to complain because they did not have the buffets that they were used to when they were back in Egypt. They said, how dare you bring us out here to die? And God tells Moses to tell the people, you won't die. I will take care of you. I will give you what you need. And this is one of those stories where we see that God is giving to the Israelites what he has promised them. The gift of bread, the gift of, of food, the gift of manna. I, I love how the Bible calls it, what is it? Because they had no idea what it was. It, this was a new concept to them, something that they gathered off of the floor. So they, they had no other way to call it. So they just called it, what is it? Or, or manna. Now, I've always wondered exactly, we talked about how they picked up what exactly an omer was. An omer was a, a, a type of measurement, and, and looking at the, what exactly it is, it's around one to two gallons of, of dry product is what an omer is. It's about eight to 16 cups. So, so they went out to gather that amount for their entire family. Each person got one to two omers. And, and, and Elmers, and, and they took that home so they can, they can do that. But see, the funny thing that we hear in this passage is that, that God never let them gather up too little, but he also never let them gather up too much. God always provided for the Israelites. No matter how, many, how long or, or how much they gathered, every measurement came out exactly what it was that God called them to pick up. Then there's the Sabbath provision. The Sabbath where, where we know that we hear that command that's in the Ten Commandments, uh, that we should uh, take, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Well, well, that was to mean that you didn't do any work at all on the Sabbath. But God provided for them by allowing them to collect even more on the day before the Sabbath so they can cook and, and have everything prepared so that they can spend the day in rest. See, if, if you remember way back in, in Egypt, they did not have any rest. They worked day after 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 day. You, you get it. It, it is kept on a task that they had to do. And not only was it a task they had to do, but as Moses was trying to free the people, the work got harder and harder and harder. So you had a, a weary, worked people trying to, to, to make it day after day after day. And God knew that we needed to have rest. God knows that we need to have rest because he needed rest after he created the heavens and the earth. So that provision was given to them that I will give you what you need if you just trust me, if you allow me to, to guide you, to lead you. You will not want for nothing. 
But there's a problem. And I think that's a problem that we have to deal with in our own world today. Is that sometimes self-control becomes what is it that I can do and not what is it that God can do. Self-control becomes how can I make sure I get what's mine and, and know how I can make sure everything is all taken care of instead of how can I be in tune to what God is calling me to do as his disciple and live a life that is fully open and abundant to him. I've done a lot of reading and study over the 23rd Psalm recently as I prepare for this class that I'm going to tomorrow, and I'm really excited about it. But it's a book that I was reading called Life Without Lack. And, and in this book, it talks about how the very first line of the 23rd Psalm, which we are familiar with, especially in the old King James Version, that is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A really a better way to define what is said there at the beginning of the 23rd Psalm is that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in lack. I shall not lack anything. Because if the God is my shepherd, if God is the one looking over me and watching over me, I should have everything that I need. I shouldn't have to, to search for things because God will always provide for me. I, I, I am a big-time seeker. And what I mean by that is that I want to make sure that I have the answer and I know exactly what it is. I need to make sure that I am the one taking care of myself and my family. And a lot of the times whenever I do that, I realize that I've left God out of the equation. And so the word that God gives to the Israelites are the words that he gives to me, not to scold me or not to make me feel guilty for what I'm doing, but God looks at me lovingly and says, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? How long will you live your life I should do this. How long should you, do you live your life without me? When you have all of this lack in your life, why is that? It's because you have failed to see and failed to remember that I will give you everything you need. I will provide for you. And how do we know that God will provide for us? It's because of what God has written right here. It's because of what God has written in Scripture, letting us to know that we will not be in lack because he has us. So self-control isn't really about allowing ourselves to take care of everything. But self-control is really about allowing God to provide for us what we need. Those things that we say we have a lack of self-control over, there are more standing. I think those are there because when we, when we have those moments, we see ourselves standing outside of the will of God instead of standing in the will of God. 
is saying that I can be the God and the Lord of my own domain, and I don't need to have the will of God fully in my life. Self-control is basically releasing things and allowing the God who loves us, who cares for us, who desires for us to be in relationship with him to, to drive our lives, to gently lead us, to bring us into his life so that we may have life abundantly in him. That's why communion is important. That, that's why this table is so important. Because this table is not something that we do on our own. This table is a gift. It is, it is a gift given to us by God to remember that he provides all our needs. Through him, as our good shepherd, we do not lack anything. But we're like Paul. We, we see that there are things in our lives that we know that we shouldn't do that we end up doing anyway. And the things that we know that brings us life and brings us joy and brings us the fruit of the Spirit, we don't do. And we wonder, well, how did things get out this way? How, how did things get turned around? When we come to this table, when we partake of the bread and we partake of the cup, we are lifting ourselves up to remember that God has us. God watches over us. And God will give us what we need, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of uncertainty. If we place our eyes on God, we then have all and we have no lack. Let us pray. Oh God, I think it's interesting that self-control is the last of the fruit. It, it, it's there last because we can easily agree about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. But then when we get to self-control, that's when we start to get caught. That's when we start to, to realize, well, maybe I just want to make sure that I have control and not allow you to be a part of who or what we are. God, as we come to this table this morning, we pray that you refresh us again with the power of your Holy Spirit to remember that you are our God and we are your people, that the body and blood of Jesus Christ refreshes us and fills us so that we know in you we have no lack and that you give us all the good things that you desire for us. So God, we lift this prayer up to you as we join in this holy meal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.